and we're the Fact Detectives. We love investigating cool facts about cool stuff. And we do this by speaking to the experts. Smart grown-ups who know all the cool facts about everything. Hey Esther, it feels like it's been raining for ages now. Yeah, it's so annoying and it can be scary when there are floods. That's true. Hi, Jonathan. Hi there, Fact Detectives. I work at the Bureau of Meteorology and I know a thing or two about weather. What we're experiencing right now is called La Nina. Would you like to find out more? Yes. All right, let's go. Fact one. What is La Nina? La Nina and her brother El Nino are weather patterns that occur in the Pacific Ocean every few years. I want you to imagine that you're looking at a globe or map of the world with Asia on the left, Australia below it, and New Zealand below that and a little to the right. Then on the right-hand side is North America at the top and South America below. Now imagine there's a red line running horizontally through the map. This represents the equator. What's the equator? That's an imaginary line that divides the world into the northern and southern hemispheres. Now, we're going to visualise the path of the trade winds. What are trade winds? Well, back in the olden days, people travelled around the world on sailing ships, often with cargo that would take them from one country to another to trade, hence the name. The trade winds flow from east to west, so on our map, that means from right to left. They have been used by sailors for centuries because they're reliable, always blowing from east to west. But what about La Nina? Well, the trade winds along the equator don't just push boats and ships. They also push warm water westward from South America over to Indonesia. As the warm water is pushed over to the west, cold water from the deep rises up to the surface on the coast of South America to replace it. In a La Nina year, these winds are much stronger, so more warm water is pushed west. Therefore, more cold water rises up. This makes the water in the Pacific Ocean near the equator above Australia a few degrees colder than it usually is. And combined with lower than normal air pressure, this can affect weather around the world. How does La Nina affect the weather? It's a bit different from country to country. The warming of ocean temperatures over the north of Australia, Papua New Guinea and Indonesia means that more air is rising, which means more clouds forming and often heavy rainfall. La Nina causes big weather and storms to happen over the ocean, which can then cause things like coastal erosion due to the big waves and high tides. It can also cause more tropical cyclones in the north of Australia, from Queensland to the Northern Territory and then across to Western Australia. Australia is now in its third La Nina cycle. This has caused a higher than usual amount of rain to fall on the east coast of Australia over the past couple of years. And this has caused floods up and down the coast and also inland. Usually after a dry period, the soil can soak up quite a bit of rain. However, there's just so much water already in the soil, it can't absorb any more. And this means an increased risk of flooding. But don't worry, if you do live in an area at risk of flooding, your grown-ups will know to check the news and the SES website for information. Put simply, this summer is going to be a rainy one. 
so be sure to take an umbrella or rain jacket with you. OK, Jonathan! La Nina doesn't affect every country in the same way, though. In India and Pakistan, La Nina can also lead to increased rainfall and flooding. But in the United States, La Nina can lead to warm and dry conditions in the south and cooler, wetter weather in parts of the north, especially the Pacific Northwest. La Nina can also lead to more hurricanes in the North Atlantic and more tornadoes in the Gulf of Mexico. And Africa is such a huge continent that the west side from Senegal to Sudan experiences flooding, while East Africa experiences drought. How often does La Nina happen? El Nino and La Nina events happen every two to seven years. It's quite common for there to be two La Ninas in a row, but right now in Australia, we're having our third year of La Nina, and this has only happened three other times since we started keeping records. Whoa! Fact three! So what about La Nina's brother, El Nino? In Spanish, La Nina means the girl, and El Nino means the boy. Back in the 1600s, South American fishermen first noted periods of unusually warm water in the Pacific Ocean around Christmas time and then called it El Nino de Navidad, which translates to Christ Child, or shortened simply to El Nino or the boy. In an El Nino year, the trade winds weaken and sometimes even reverse, and warm water is pushed back east towards the west coast of the Americas, while in the western tropical Pacific and Indian Ocean areas, the air pressure is higher. El Nino and La Nina are basically opposite weather patterns of something we call ENSO, or the El Nino Southern Oscillation. In Australia, El Nino typically means drought and bushfires. You might remember this happening here in Australia in 2019. Because there's less rainfall in tropical cyclones, the monsoons start later, there are warmer temperatures and heat waves, and increased fire dangers in southeast Australia. Seven out of Australia's 10 driest years on record were during El Nino, but El Nino can also cause droughts in India and China, as well as below average rainfall over Indonesia, which can hurt their coffee industry. Just imagine all us cranky adults without our coffee. That would not be good. Dry areas in countries like Peru, Chile, Mexico, and the southwestern United States often have huge amounts of rain and snow. Then, other areas that are usually known for being wetter, like the Brazilian Amazon and the northeast United States, often experience droughts that go for months. El Nino is often linked to droughts across the southern part of Africa and extreme rainfall and floods in eastern Africa. How do we know when La Nina and El Nino are happening? At the Bureau of Meteorology, we collect data from a bunch of different sources. This includes getting meteorological surface observations from satellites in space and sea level analysis from buoys that float in the ocean. M meteorological what? <laughs> surface observations. That means we measure things like wind speed and direction, precipitation, visibility and more. The first signs of a La Nina or a Nino event are often observed in the ocean. Remember, I mentioned at the start that the ocean is either cooling or warming on the surface and deeper down, and that the air pressure is either dropping or rising. Well, we're looking for those signs, as well as tropical rainfall, and of course, the trade wing strength. 
For La Nina, and El Nino specifically, we have satellites that measure the ocean temperature and the pressure between Darwin, right at the top of Australia, and then out to the east, to the island of Tahiti in the Pacific Ocean. But how do you take the ocean's temperature from space? Put simply, where the ocean is warmer, the sea level is a little bit higher. Then, using information from satellites, scientists can make topographical maps that show the hills and valleys on the surface of the ocean. Colours help scientists know what's what. Purple, blue and green are the colder parts of the ocean, where the sea level is a little bit lower, while red, pink and white are the warmer parts, where the surface of the ocean is a little bit higher. Are the Nino and El Nino bad or good? La Nina and El Nino are neither bad nor good. They're just weather patterns. But they can definitely have positive and negative effects on us. As I mentioned before, if it's too dry or too hot, then this could have negative impacts on our day-to-day lives. But there are also positives. La Nina can be good for surfers on Australia's southeast coast because it causes waves to approach from the northeast and the east. As we know, Australia can experience bad bushfires, but all that increased rainfall actually reduces the risk during the bushfire season. Australia can also experience quite severe droughts, so all that rain during La Nina can be good for farmers and their crops in northern and central Australia. Have you ever heard of Katitanda Lake Air? No. No. Well, it's a ginormous lake, about 9,000 square kilometres. That's huge! Where is it? In the desert, about 700 kilometres north of Adelaide, near the middle of Australia. But it's usually dry, covered in a thick crust of salt, which looks really cool. And in 100 years, it only fills up a few times, but when it does, it's absolutely incredible. What happens? Remember how we talked about La Nina causing a lot more rainfall? Yes! Well, with heavy rains and the right conditions, the ecosystem comes alive with shrimp, fish, frogs and plants and hundreds of thousands of birds that come to feed like pelicans, swans, cormorants, ducks and seagulls. Awesome! And what about for El Nino? While no two El Ninos are the same, typically it brings more wet weather to California which helps their farmers grow crops like lime, almonds and avocado. There's also warmer winters in the northeast United States, and increased rainfall in the south, with fewer tornadoes in the Midwest, and less hurricanes on the east coast. And this can help countries like Canada, Mexico and Argentina. Over in Chile, the Atacama Desert is one of the driest and sunniest places on Earth. In fact, it's so dry, barren and inhospitable the people often think it's a bit like Mars because it's covered in rocks, dried lava and salt lakes. But during heavy rains caused by El Nino, this 1,000km stretch of land can burst into flower. It's home to over 200 species of plants that only flower every 3 to 5 years. Try this at home! You can learn about the weather in your local area, like how much rain has fallen in the past month or the past year. If you're in Australia, head to the Bureau of Meteorology's website, which is www.bom.gov.au. 
From there, scroll down and click on climate and past weather. Then, click on weather station data, enter your location or suburb, and then you'll find the nearest weather station to you. And you can find out lots of information, like how much rain have you had in your area this month or this year? And is it above average or below average? And what was the wettest year on record? You could find out which state has had the most rainfall so far this year. Thanks, Jonathan! Anytime, Fact Detectives. This has been another super fun episode of The Fact Detectives with me, Annika. And me, Esther. Big thanks to Jonathan Howe, who is a senior meteorologist at Australia's Bureau of Meteorology. If you love finding out the facts as much as we do. And if you have a big topic you would like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au. 